Welcome to The Light of the World, and this is Jared G. Martin. We've just celebrated the birth of Christ on Christmas Day. Quite often, after an event is over, we put up everything that we brought out to celebrate, and then we push that event to the side and go on to something else. But I want to tell you that Jesus Christ came to make a difference in our lives. He brought light to the world, he brought joy and peace, and he came to seek and to save those who are lost. I am struck by how when the angel Gabriel came to Mary and spoke to her about what God wanted to do in her life, she said, be it unto me, O God, according to your word. In other words, she said, Lord, have your way. What about you today? Do you want the Lord to have his way in your life from this point on. Come and go with us as we walk in the light of God's Word. You may not think God is interested in you. Some of us said, I don't feel God. It seems like he's not with me at times. I can't hear from God. You may not hear from God. You may not feel God, but God is watching and God is observing and God knows who we are. He knows where we are and he knows what's going on. God was looking at her. He recognized her faithfulness. He recognized her commitment. And he'll do the same for us. And it's also good to know that we can find favor with God, especially when God likes what he sees. So the next thing the angel told her was quite startling and surprising. Mary, you're going to have a baby. And now Mary was thinking, yeah, I I want to have a baby, I want to have family, I want to have children, and all of that. I'm sure he indicated, he must have indicated somewhere in there, and you're going to be pregnant about now. Because she said, how can this be? I'm a virgin. She said, I know that. But how can this be? Because she knew what that meant. Or you walk around and tell somebody you're having a baby, but you're a virgin. See what they say. Well, the folks were the same way then. Really? I was born at night, but it wasn't when. Tell that to somebody else. Don't tell that to me. She knew that. She could be accused. What would Joseph say? This is going to mess up my life. The angel is coming to Nazareth, and he's going to tell me I'm highly favored. And then he's going to tell me something that messes up my life. She was troubled. He said, you're pregnant now. What will my parents think? Not only what they'll think, but what are they going to do? How will I face the shame and the suspicion? How am I going to explain this? Will I be stoned? This is impossible. What about this one? Why me? This is the greatest time of my life, and now you're proposing to mess it up for me. Well, I'm going to tell you this. If Gabriel came to humble, and he came by your house and give you a word from the Lord, one of the first things that you're going to think about is this going to mess up my plans. I wasn't planning to do what you're asking me to do. This wasn't in my plan And you're going to start making excuses for why you can't do that because you had something else that you were trying to get done. 
You don't have to say amen on that because that's what I did. And that's what most people do when God called them and give them a word. It's all throughout the scriptures. We're going to talk about a couple of those uh, instances. When God calls you to do something, he, you, know, you, want to, you want to know how, God, how you can determine whether God is speaking and asking you to do something? Because it will always be greater and more than you could get it done on your own. Because you're going to say, how can I do that? You're going to say, the Holy Spirit will come up on you. Just like he told Mary, the Holy Spirit will come up on you. We're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit to get done whatever God wants to get done in our lives. We're going to need the power of the Holy Spirit. You think I was excited about starting the pastor when Gabriel came and talked to me? I'm like, I can't do that. Start a church, build it with nothing and do all of that and whatever. I, who can do I can't do that. No, you can't do it. I can do it. You can't do it. So I'm going to tell you right now, when he come to you, you can't do that. And he's coming. And he's come to you, some of you already and you're still thinking, I can't do that. He's given you ideas. He's given you visions. He's given you dreams about something that he wants to get done. It's been in your heart and you've been like, oh yeah, okay, but that would be great if somebody would do that. And God said, that somebody is you. There's a ministry that never got started, a book that never got written because you're thinking somebody else is going to do it. No, that thought didn't come to somebody else. It came to you. So you can say this, with God, all things are possible. You'll have fear. Fear came upon Mary. You'll have the fear, and there's nothing wrong with that about going, you should have fear because it's intimidating to do what God wants you to do because you know you don't have the power or the ability or the resources or whatever, but God has everything you need to get the job done. He would not call you if he had not already uh, assigned and apportioned and positioned all the things that you need to get done to get it done. He wouldn't have already, he's already worked it all out. All he's waiting is for you to say, be it unto me. Lord, have your way. So even when you decide you're going to do that and begin to declare it, you can still have apprehensions and fears about it. I was just thinking about it last night. I used to drive by this property when we were uh, believing God for it. We haven't bought it. It was all woods and everything. And I told the church, you know, that I believe God's going to give us that property. And let's, let's believe God. We came out here and stood on each corner and we prayed for it. And I would say, God's going to do great things. We believe God. And then I would go home. i say, Lord, you are going to do that, ain't you? <laughs> I done told the people. Lord, are you going to do that? What's taking so long? You, Lord, you know, God, I don't know. I, maybe I should be looking for some other place. God, I don't know. We're going to look so bad. But I, when I get up the next Sunday, I say, I passed by there this morning and stretched out my hands over that property and say, God, I thank you for your divine provision for the church that you're building. Just because you just are apprehensive because it's greater than 
what you can accomplish when God puts it in your heart. Don't give up on it. Just say, God, you have said it. And if I could have done it, I, I would have gotten all the praise. But everybody who was here at the time knew that it was only God's miraculous power that provided this property for us. They knew it. God did it. He will always get the glory for what he has done. Always get the glory. But then she heard the plan that God had for her life, and his plan was to work through her. You, he said in verse 31, will be with child and give birth to a son, and you ought to give him the name Jesus. I'm working through you. He's going to be great, but I'm going to work through you. He will be called the son of the most high, but I'm going to work through you. The Lord will give him the throne of his father David, but I'm going to work through you. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will never end. I'm going to work through you. She then immediately yielded herself to the plan of God for her life. And she responded in a way that is an example for all of us today when we are challenged with the call on our lives and with the mission given to us by God. She said this, I am the Lord's servant. I am the Lord's servant. Okay, for those of us who don't really know what that means in that term, I'm the Lord's slave. I'm fully committed. I belong to you and you can do with me as you please. I belong to you, and whatever you want to do with me, through me. See, it wasn't until I got to that point in my walk with the Lord, in terms of uh, my availability, it wasn't until I got to that point that the Lord sent Gabriel to me and said, I want you to start a church. I've been saved for 10 years. I've been saved and serving the Lord and, and working with the Lord and just, just happy to be serving in the church and doing all of that. But uh, he knew that if Gabriel had to come when I first got saved, I would have said, no, I don't, I'm not doing that. But even though it was intimidating, even though it was outside of my ability to get it done, I'm saying, Lord, you know, I'm, I belong to you, whatever you want to do with me. So if you think I'm good for that, I think you got the wrong person. But if you think I'm good for that, let's, let's go with it. Let's see what happens. And I had to do that again when he put on my heart, I want you to leave your job and go full time. I'm telling you, if you're going to do that, you better hear from Gabriel. You better, better see him and look at him in the face. I said, now, wait a minute. I'll start a pastor now. Uh, <laughs> you're taking this to another level. He knew not to tell me, I want you to leave your job and start pastoring. I had been pastoring about uh, three years or so, almost four years, before he, he came in with that. In fact, I, uh, I challenged the Lord. Be sure I heard him right. I said, Lord, listen, you told me to take care of my family and take care of my small children and my wife and be the provider. I'm not quitting my job until you tell my wife. I was serious. Now, I did not tell her that I said that to God. I didn't tell her. I didn't even mention anything. I didn't say, well, I believe the Lord want me to... Uh, leave the job. I never mentioned anything. And she came a few uh, months or weeks later. And I was up at midnight preparing a sermon or something and she said, you know what? I think you, it's time for you to quit your job. I said, what sayest thou? <laughs> I was almost like Job. Woman, 
Thou talkest as a foolish woman. But I didn't say that. When I heard that, I recognized, she said the very same words that I told God she needed to say. She needed to tell me it's time to quit my job. She said, I think it's time to, for you to quit your job. Now, I didn't quit the next week. I said, okay, Lord, what about your timing? The point I'm trying to make is, I was says, I'm your servant. If you want to do that, then whatever you are doing, I'm all in. I'm trusting you, and I'm going down the pathway that you are leaving. Our church couldn't afford to take care of our family, but God had already worked it out. When I left Exxon, like the Israelites left out of Egypt, God had blessed me on my way out. I said, thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. They gave us a suburban vehicle. They gave office furniture. They gave supplies. They gave all kind of stuff. I'm saying, well, praise the Lord. If I know all this, I'd have left earlier. I am so excited about what Jesus came to earth to do. He came to seek and to save those who are lost. He came to give us an abundant life, and he came to give us not only an abundant life, but an eternal life. If you would like to hear today's message again in its entirety, you can do so by going to our podcast at The Light of the World daily with Jerry G. Martin. You know, when Jesus comes into our life, into our heart, he empowers us to continue the work that he began. He wants to use every born-again believer to get something done, and I'm excited about the new year coming. For several years, the Light of the World have joined with several other pastors to host a men's prayer on the first Friday of every new year. It is pastors from different churches and different denominations who have the same heart and the same mind to come together to get men to take the lead in praying for our homes and our family, our community and our country and our world. So I want you to join us. If you're a pastor, join us. We're going to be at the Greater Love Mission Church of God in Christ at 8410 Lay Road on Friday, January the 5th, beginning at 7 p.m. We will be there with Pastor Kevin Childs and several other pastors from our Impact Ministry Group, but we want you to be there as well. If you're a pastor or a minister, we encourage you to bring your men together to pray together and join our voices with your voices as we speak in unity over our city, over our families, and over our community. It's going to be a great opportunity to start the new year out with men standing firm. It will be a new opportunity in a new year to have a new man doing new things for God. Now for the light of the world, this is Jerry G. Martin saying, may the Lord our God richly bless you and we'll be with you again next time.